Happy Friday, everyone. Unbothered with Josh is back. Today, I'm going to be talking about Dalvin Cook, the Chargers offense, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Vikings, Rams, a lot of NFL I'm get into, and then NBA free agency is sort of wrapped, and I will get into that. But let's start with Dalvin Cook. So we are now in the month of July, and to me, this is the most anxious waiting month because football, it's really right around the corner. Um, you know, you have the Super Bowl in February, free agency, and the draft It's hard March uh, and April. So May, you're kind of getting over that, um, you know, team signing. And then June, it's just a dull month, especially with the NBA finals that weren't really that enjoyable. It's kind of Denver cruising through. June felt like a long month to me. So now that we're in July, it's like, hey, in literally a month, preseason football is going to be on. We're right there. We're so close. Football is so close to being back. You hold out through July, and you're set. So from now on out, most of my podcasts will be focused on the upcoming NFL season. So there was a report yesterday that the Jets are reportedly interested in signing Dalvin Cook, and there was some momentum towards that. Now, would he fit in? with the New York Jets. I think if the New York Jets signed him, that to me would probably be the best backfield in um, the NFL, um, considering the fact that Brees Hall was really good last year. He is coming off an ACL uh, injury. Usually you take your time with that. So having Dalvin Cook would help considering – Michael Carter, I think, is a good goal line situational back. And then outside of him, you have some rookies and Travis Dye uh, and such. Uh, yes, they got Zonovan Knight. But I think adding Dalvin Cook, again, that would be a really, really great situational piece. And then also uh, the scheming uh, that they can have if Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook are in the backfield at the same time. I think that would be great especially if you're the New York Jets, keeping him out of uh, your team's rival's hands like the Miami Dolphins, who are, uh, you know, Dalvin has said he's interested in going to Miami. It doesn't look like Miami's reciprocated it that much. I, I don't believe a contract has been offered from what I've read. And you just inquire more stars, I think, helps the New York Jets. I think that would be very beneficial. You know, having another uh, veteran guy, I know uh, Brees Hall and the team said they're good when it was about Zeke, but I think Dalvin Cook is much better than Zeke right now in their respective points of their careers. So adding a player like uh, Dalvin Cook would be very beneficial to their offense. Uh, again, I don't think it would change the meter a lot on, you know, the perceived over-under win total. But it does help out their depth. Another 1,000-yard running back in the locker room I don't think hurts, especially a team that is so young, really. Uh, this team, when you look at all their star players, all under 20, the core of a team, 
all under 20. You have your few outliers like Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb. But again, outside of that, this is a very young team with depth. Again, I'm high on the New York Jets. I think this would be a great signing. Next up, the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, I've been going back and forth with this. Because last year, I picked the Chargers to win um, the division. And, again, it didn't work out for me. Uh, Even though I thought they had one of the best rosters in football, uh, injuries did plague uh, the team. I also thought the head coach, Brandon Staley, plagued the team as well. Um, So... Again, I believe I'm doubling down on the Chargers. The more I think about it, you know, I said that, you know, just give it to Kansas City. They've proven it. But I I do think this Chargers team is going to be really good. This, to me, is a really make-it-or-break-it year for Brandon Staley, considering they do have a tough schedule. But the reason why I'm higher on them this year than in past years is because Kellen Moore is their offensive coordinator. Now, we saw what he did with Dak Prescott, who is not anywhere near the talent level of Justin Herbert. And Kellen Moore consistently had top five um, offenses, scoring offense, passing offense, all of that. With Dak Prescott, Kellen Moore was great, was a great play caller. Again, a really, really good offensive coordinator. So now replacing Joe Lombardi, clear upgrade there. If Brandon Staley can get out of his way and let Kellen Moore officiate this offense and get it going, this could be a really good group. Again, uh, they drafted um, Quinton Johnston from TCU. They have a big wide receiver group with him. Uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, this is a big, long team. Uh, it's going to be hard for defenders to stop them. I think Kellen Moore is going to have a field day scheming up um, plays for Justin Herbert and the wide receivers. You add in Austin Eckler, who, you know, requested the trade initially, then got, you know, a renegotiated contract for this year, is back and engaged with the team, um, is ready to carry fantasy football teams on his back, he said. I believe this offense is going to be really good. Um I forget the name of the left tackle outside off the top of my head right now, who's also a key player uh, for his team, who also battled some injuries uh, last year, who, again, was really, uh, really good. Rashawn Slater, um, you know, young guy, but one of the best left tackles in the game. Uh, Corey Lindsley uh, coming back. I think this offense can unlock him. The key is can Brandon Staley fix the defense? They have the pieces they have. Sebastian Joseph Day and Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, uh, J.C. Jackson will be returning from his Achilles injury. So, you know, Derwin James, they have studs on defense. Uh, To me, there's no excuse for the Chargers to really compete with the Chiefs to win the division near the end of the season. I would love to have Week 18, the Chiefs at Chargers for the division. Um, I think if that game isn't for the division, from the Chargers' perspective, 
to me, it really is like a failure of a season considering you'll be in the wild card, your playoff game will be away, and again, you don't even make a playoff. It's, it's fired Kellogg more time. I also think, moving on, the Eagles are going to take a step back. I do. Uh, again, I think they have a great team, great uh, offense um, there. But to me, it is inevitable. They were 14-3 and last year. I think, what, they started off around 10-0. and But it's hard to keep that up in the NFL on a you know year-to-year basis to have 14 wins. So I do believe they're going to take a step back. And it's not because I don't have faith in Jalen Hurts or A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. It's they lost their offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, to the Colts. They lost their defensive coordinator, Gannon, to the Cardinals. It's hard to replace both coordinators and replicate the success. Offensive line with Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson getting a little older. And same with the defensive rotation. Uh, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox getting older. They lost, I thought, their biggest piece in Javon Hargrave to the Niners. And then... I think, again, they had an excellent draft, but they're going to continue to need those players uh, to develop. So, again, I'm not saying it's going to be a 14-3 and season they have last year and then just drop off to 8, 9, 10 wins. I still think they'll be uh, a 12-win team around that. But, again, it's going to be much more difficult to get back there. So, they do have a tougher schedule. Um, they have, a, again, a very uh, daunting stretch there of six games, uh, starting really from their first week in November um, to December 17th. It's, they play the Cowboys. They play the Chiefs, the Bills, the 49ers, the Cowboys, finish in Seattle. Uh, that is a tough Six-week stretch. Now, they open up the season easy to kind of gain that momentum and get things going, but that six-game stretch there is difficult. I see them having at least three losses in that stretch, which would match their total from uh, last year. So, again, I don't think they're going to fall off a cliff, but I do think they are going to take a small step back and that will allow what I think the Dallas Cowboys to win the division, uh, considering their schedule is not as tough. And I believe they did make solid upgrades. Stephon Gilmore at defense, Brandon Cooks on offense. Uh, I don't like how they lost Kellen Moore, but I do believe the Cowboys-Eagles will be neck and neck, and the Cowboys will just eke out having some division tiebreaker uh, again to win the division. But I think uh, Eagles are still going to be a really good team. Jalen Hurts is going to have a great year all day. Another NFL note I want to touch on. The Minnesota Vikings. I believe the Minnesota Vikings are going to have one of the biggest drop-offs in the NFL. Uh, last year, they were 13-4, and but 11-0 in one-score games in the regular season. Again, 13-4. and four. I believe this year, uh, with their schedule, it is 
very tough. Again, I believe the Lions are better than them. Uh, they also play at Sensi. They play the Chiefs, the Niners, uh, Chargers, Eagles. Tough schedule. I believe this is an eight-win team. I believe they go eight and nine, maybe nine and eight at the most. And you're wondering, how is this team 13 and four, division winner a year ago, and they're nine and eight, eight and nine, and miss the playoffs? I don't believe the Vikings will be making the playoffs this year. I just don't. I believe, you know, they cut Dalvin Cook. I think they realize Kirk Cousins is not the man. They don't want to go full tank and trade him um, and get in on the Caleb Williams sweepstakes unless, again, they start off very rocky. Let's say they lose um, some of those games in the beginning to the Eagles and Chargers and Chiefs and Niners and have, you know, four losses and seven games to start the year. But three and four, um, they don't think they're going to do it considering, hey, end of the year, they'll play the Bengals, Lions twice, Lions start hot. It's time to make some decisions. It's, are we going to trade and, you know, move on with a new quarterback of the future, considering we do have Justin Jefferson as our star wide receiver um, to kind of entice a quarterback to come here? Uh, who knows? But I think the Vikings know the writing's on the wall with Kirk Cousins. This ain't going to be a good team. And then my last NFL note. I believe the Los Angeles Rams, they are really going to rebound this year. I just do. Now, a lot of people are down on the Rams, 5-12 and 12 last year. But you have to remember, Cooper Cup out majority of the season. So was Matthew Stafford. And Aaron Donald uh, locked up inconsistent and then into the season was hurt and didn't play. Those were the three biggest guys from their run to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. It wasn't Jalen Ramsey who they traded. It was Sean McVay, a head coach. It was the Stafford Cup connection, and it was Aaron Donald on defense. If those guys are healthy, yes, I believe they're going to rebound. Now, I don't like the notion of saying that, uh, but I'm a realist. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to be some junk team. I believe... Uh, Cooper Cup, again, is one of the best wide receivers in the league. The connection he has with Stafford is great. Those two are healthy. I expect big things from the offense if Aaron Donald is healthy. I believe he'll be a game changer on defense. And you look at the rest of the division, I believe he'll rebound, but I still believe the 49ers will edge them out for the division crown, considering Kyle Shanahan has the number. And the t- overall roster is better outside of quarterback. Who knows about Brock Purdy officially for game one yet? Uh, Trey Lance looks like QB3, but backup is Sam Darnold. That doesn't inspire faith in me. I think the Seahawks have a, a really good group. I don't expect Geno Smith to keep the same numbers from last year to this year. I expect him to take a step down. I mean, he's only had one good year in his entire career. But this is going to be a fascinating division, considering I think there's three solid teams here. I think there's one elite team in the Niners, one and two good teams in the Seahawks, in the Rams, and then you have like the worst team in the NFL and the Cardinals in the division. Uh, But I do think this division is going to be very good. Uh, In the past, it's been wonky as well. 
Um, but I like the 49ers to win it. But don't count out the Rams. Don't sleep on them. Much as I don't like to say it, I believe they're going to be uh, back in playoff contention this year. Ain't going to be as abysmal as last year, I'll tell you that. Now let's move on to NBA free agency. So NBA free agency, the draft, is practically over. I believe there's been one clear winner in free agency, our, you know, the biggest winner. And that, to me, it's the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, why? They didn't break the bank for any of the deals. You look at the signs now. They added Bradley Beal, a potential shooter. And they went out and signed some guys, Watanabe and Eric Gordon. So they're, I haven't checked since the Eric Gordon, but I believe they're clearly above the first apron of the tax line. And I believe they're very close to, if not exceeding, that second tax. And so, again, they're relying on the big three. Uh, hopefully some of those three and D guys can contain, contain consistent shooting and not to get injured. But I love the Lakers because they didn't break the bank for anybody. They didn't go out and try to get some massive third star, uh, overreach, overpay. Uh, I thought they got good value on all their deals. There was talks about Austin Reeves getting like four-year, $100 million contract, which Draymond Green got. I can't believe he got that. And Austin Reeves only signed for four-year, 56 to me, at that price, around thirteen, around fourteen a year, that's a bargain. Vanderbilt picked up his option for around four and a half million. Um, they brought Gabe Benson, a three-year, thirty-three from the Miami Heat. Uh, I really like that addition. They were able to keep Rui at seventeen and a half million dollars a year. Definitely fine with that. Um, they got D'Lo. They brought him back two years, thirty-seven and a half, so not even twenty million a year. Um, I thought this was a very successful offseason for the Lakers. Um, LeBron approved; he was posting about it. You know all their additions that they got and people that they resigned. I think it's good considering. Hey, they brought a lot of this core together for during the trade deadline, and they went on to make it to the Western Conference Finals. The reasoning now is you have training camp offseason together. You see no reason to get back there. I think with a healthy LeBron and AD, they can. To me, the biggest question uh, outside of the usual, you know, is LeBron going to be healthy, AD healthy? It's D'Lo's consistency. We brought him back on a two-year deal. Um, That was one of the things that, to me, was, you know, I think the value is good. I'm glad they didn't overpay or put more years. Um, But I would be interested if uh, he is inconsistent. To start the year, they, hey, maybe they look at a trade partner for D'Lo because, again, he's Mr. Inconsistent. He's got a couple of great moments, uh, great games, and then he'll have a, a two-for-ten game. Um, he's a liability on defense. So I think that is their X factor for the season and their uh, biggest tradable piece if things go awry. And he's kind of a clear, you know, piece that doesn't fit with the glue and gel of this team. 
My one loser, the Portland Trailblazers. Now, why is that? Well, they signed Jeremy Grant to a five-year, $160 million deal, which to me is absurd that he got that much money. Just absurd. And the second point is Damian Lillard requested a trade. Now, they did get Scoot Henderson very good, but Damian Lillard requested a trade. Uh, And I haven't had a podcast since that trade's been announced. But it's a very weird situation there. Dame's agent is calling certain teams saying, Hey, I don't, you know, you're going to get an unhappy player. He may not report to camp. He only wants to play for the Heat. Because then it puts everybody in a tough situation. It puts prospective trade partners like, uh, you know, he has, you know, you know, we're not the Heat, but it's not like he told us no. It's, you know, it's kind of a medium level there. Like, you know, how does he view us? Portland, of course, is trying to put together a best trade package. Uh, I think, you know, that hampers every other team um, outside of the Miami Heat. Um, Miami Heat still have to offer something for Dame that's reasonable. Uh, you know, Dame tweeting now, you know, it's amaz- amazing how some people know so much and so little at the same time. Again, this would put a stop to it if Dame said something outside of you know, tweets like that. But I do think Dame's going to get traded. Um, there was a report today that the Celtics are stockpiling draft picks for a seismic trade. Uh, Jason Tatum has reportedly been um, recruiting Damian Lillard to Boston. That, to me, would take him over the edge. I think whoever gets Dame shifts the balance of power in the East. I think if Boston gets him, Boston's a clear-cut favorite. If Miami gets them, Miami is a, a clear favorite. Not as clear as Boston, uh, but Boston got rid of Grant Williams for some draft picks. Uh, they did the Chris Depps-Porzingis trade as well and acquired some draft picks in there as well. So if they're going to do this, if they get Dame and somehow keep Jalen Brown and have two elite wings and an elite score and point guard at Dame with Chris Depps, that's scary. That is, you know, Boston's response to Phoenix saying, yeah, we're going to do this and we're better than you. So uh, I would love for Boston to make this trade for Dame if they can pull it out. Of course, it's up to Dame and say, hey, you know, I'll take this trade if they want me, if they're going to offer something for me. And then one team... I'm not questioning an NBA free agency, which some have questioned and touted as a loser, is a, is a Denver Nuggets. Now, Bruce Brown signed some gaudy deal, like two years, $58 million, uh, which I thought was a joke. Uh, I thought that was way too much money, and Jeff Green left. So two key reserve players left the Denver Nuggets. Now, I'm not so down on this. Why? Because Michael Porter Jr., it uh, wasn't great in the finals, um, but I believe he could unlock another level to his game to be better. And Christian Braun is developing, I think, into a really good rotational player. So you factor those guys in, that to me alleviates some of that pressure. And the way that they're building is they're not building via free agency. They're building how they got Christian Braun, Jamal Murray, Jokic, which is through the draft. 
taking their time developing them. They've got another guy in the pipeline as well. So they're betting on their homegrown guys, the guys they hit in through the draft. And it's shown that it worked. So I'm not going to put Denver as a loser or anything like that, considering it's worked for them. They've done it before. I'm not going to question them until it doesn't work. And then we can look in hindsight and say, hey, well, maybe to the kept Bruce Brown or uh, Jeff Green. But valuable contributors to the finals run, not taking anything away from them. But the stars of the team is Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, your two key guys off of them, are Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. So if those four guys are on the team, they've got a solid rotation, solid core. Michael Malone's a great coach. I'm not worried, you know, on anything uh, that they're going to do. I got faith in the Denver Nuggets, uh, you know, even considering that. And last but not least, Wimby. Victor Wimanyama making the summer league debut tonight for the Spurs against the Charlotte uh, Hornets. This, is, to me, is a sort of a big deal considering it's the one-two picks going up against each other in the first summer league game this year. Uh, the California Classic is now over. Wimby's again, first game. Brandon Miller. Interesting matchup here. Brandon Miller, Victor Wimanyama. Brandon Miller handle him. Can Wimby just man up, back him down? I want to see his defense, his post-up play. I'm not worried about his three-point shooting and free throws and crazy shots. I mainly want to see defense uh, and get into his spots in the post. Uh, but I think that'll be an exciting summer game match. It's so exciting that you know a lot of these games are broadcast on ESPN2, NBA TV and such. But this is like a primetime ESPN slot here at 6, so 6 Pacific time. Uh, so looking forward to that, seeing Wimby's debut. This has been Unbothered. I hope you all have a great weekend. Talk to you all next week. Bye, everybody.